What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hughes to Healing podcast. It's Dr. Pam and Dr. Janae back here with another mental health conversation. But before we get into the thick of it, how you doing? How you living, Dr. Janae? Girl, I'm feeling great today. Okay. Ooh, I love it. Ooh. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing good. I mean, I saw it's a little gloomy, but at least I can bust out my sweater. What they say? Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather over here. It's real, real, real warm. But sweater weather. It has mm-hmm. pros and cons because I live with on your crew neck on, but I don't like being cold. So listen, mm-hmm. I like all the things that come with sweater weather, all the spooky festivities, all the holiday stuff, but that comes at a cost, right? Yes. Which very is true. very timely and it's perfect for today's episode. Um, you're experiencing the gloom and doom and where you mm-hmm. are. Um, I'm already starting to have conversations with some of my clients about the ways in which they're feeling their moods change with the season. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we talk about um, an actual clinical disorder that a lot of folks suffer from and, and talk about recognizing it and when to seek treatment and all of those things. So as always, your homegirls who happen to be therapists are here to provide you general information. This is not therapy or a substitute for such. This does not constitute a therapeutic client relationship. So now that that's done and out the way. Let's talk about seasonal affective disorder or perfectly used as the acronym SAD. Some people also Mm. call it the winter blues, Um, but let's talk about what that is, what it means, how it could possibly be impacting you. Um, As we approach the end of the year, we start to reach those those dark and gloomy months that some some people- Those umber months, the umbers. (laughs) The umbers. It can start in September, but definitely for the last few months of the year, the October, November, December, and then yes. depending on where you're at in May, bleed into the beginning of the year. Very um, true. Seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression or winter blues, however you may know it, it has many different names, but at the end of the day, it's very similar in its presentation. Um, mm-hmm. It is a type of depression that is triggered when the seasons change. When fall starts, when it starts to get colder, darker earlier, it's raining, it's snowing, school and work is closed, you in the house, the mm-hmm. function ain't functioning. When all of that is happening, um, a lot of individuals start to experience depressive symptoms, even if they previously weren't struggling with depression. There are right. some people who only struggle with SAD in the fall and winter season. And as soon as the, the, the flowers start to bloom and the sun come back out, they straight, they good. So why is that? What, what is, what is the science behind it? How, why does our mental health change with the season sometimes? Well, I mean, I feel like it's directly related, right? The sun's not coming out. It's dark, it's gloomy. So we interpret it as just dark and sad and down and depressed. The hustle and bustle is gone. We no longer outside in the streets. You feel me? We are, you know, just cold and upset and I don't like the winter so child I'll be sad too listen right and and so (laughs) there are people that actually meet criteria for the diagnosis and then there are people Mm -hmm. who exhibit and experience milder symptoms that may not meet diagnostic criteria but it's still worth taking inventory and recognizing it in yourself or in others and by the end of this episode you'll have some tips and strategies on what to do if you don't meet criteria but you can still work on your wellness or again this is something that you can take to a therapist so Drop a little bit of research on you real quick. Uh, This is from the Cleveland Clinic. But about 5% of adults in the U.S. experience seasonal affective disorder. 
Um, most people start to experience it in young adulthood. So we're talking the 18 to 30 year old range. Um, mm -hmm. Women are predominantly more impacted by men and there's not a specific reason why um, researchers haven't been able to connect that, but that's what the data shows. And then mm -hmm. about 10 to 20% of the U.S. population get that mild aversion, which is just considered winter blues. So it doesn't meet criteria for seasonal affective disorder, but it still is present. Um, for those of you who are already struggling with mental health disorders, um, such as mood disorders, major depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, you will find yourself more at risk for this. Um, if your relatives and family members struggle with seasonal affective disorder, you also are more at risk for that. Um, mm -hmm. Schizophrenia, again, another condition. So there, if you have existing mental health disorders, you can potentially be at higher risk or if your family has um, mental health disorders. And then depending on where you live, like we talked about, some of my clients, mm -hmm. it's already cold where they at. So they're already dealing with things like that. So people who live far north, um, people who receive less sunlight during the winter. So again, people mm -hmm. who experience cold climates, snowy climates, et cetera, places where it's extremely and especially cloudy um, are more at risk for that. So take a little bit of inventory about your age, your gender, where you are regionally, your own mental health, as well as your family mental health. And those are things that you want to think about and then start to recognize, okay, wait, do I exhibit some of these symptoms and do I need to talk to somebody? Yeah, and some of sure. those symptoms, right? Some of mm -hmm. those symptoms um, look a lot like traditional depression. And in a second, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Pam and I are going to kind of break down what the differences are from classic major depressive disorder and SAD. But so some of these symptoms are going to sound very similar. So bear with mm -hmm. us. But when you're experiencing that sadness, that feeling depressed most days, almost every day, when you present with a lot of anxiety, um, one of the things that can be very different and unique to seasonal affective disorder is this carbohydrate craving and this weight gain. We'll talk about that mm -hmm. in a second. Um, there's a lot of fatigue. There's a lack of energy, um, feelings of hopelessness, worthlessness, which again, completely align with traditional textbook depression, the trouble concentrating, agitation, feeling irritated. Um, and then sometimes people report their body, their limbs specifically feel heavy. Um, mm -hmm the standard loss of interest in pleasurable activities, uh, the withdrawing and isolating from, from friends, from people, from spaces that you previously enjoy. Um, sleeping problems present, but sometimes, again, and it can go either way with traditional mm -hmm. depression, it can go with insomnia or it can present with hypersomnia. But with SAD, you often have oversleeping. Mm -hmm. And then there become the negative thoughts, um, the thoughts of hurting oneself, thoughts of suicide, et cetera. So those are just some of the symptoms. Again, you need to get with a specific mental health professional to assess and evaluate you and do an inventory of your symptoms. But just for context purposes, so we can set the stage for talking about winter blues because tis the season, okay? This this is mm -hmm. the time that we need to be thinking about it and identifying why it's happening so we can get in front of it. Um, those are just some of the basic things that you should be thinking about as we navigate this episode and as you start to think about the work you need to do to improve your mental health during the season. For sure. And I think when, one thing that's interesting about seasonal affective disorder, although we don't hear about this part as much, there's still some changes when we have it in the summer. So mm -hmm. summer sad, right? It looks like more agitation and restlessness and anxiety and decreased appetite and weight loss, right? And episodes of violent behavior and trouble sleeping, which looks completely different from what Dr. Janae just said about 
the winter blues and the the seasonal affective disorder that we're used to seeing in the winter months. This is more agitated. This is more um, violent and I guess expressive forms of neck if you buck in the summer. Yeah, like I'm just irritated. I'm tired. It's hot as hell. Like leave me alone. Like I'm literally just don't talk to me. Let's go. Like yeah, let's go. That's the summer in the winter. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna stay in the house. It's too cold to be arguing with you. You gotta Mm -hmm. be gone. And I think like when we looked at the symptoms, it's like okay, this makes sense, right? But the key difference between major depression disorder or other mood mood disorders and seasonal affective disorder is the trigger. Like what is causing this change in behavior? Is something going on in life? Is this something I've always struggled with? Is it grief or loss? Did I lose something? Like something happened? Okay, then we're veering towards depression. But if it's just simply because of the change in climate, change in weather, change in season, and there's no other remarkably big trigger, then we're most likely struggling with seasonal affective disorder because of the predominance of it just being triggered by just the change in season. Like everything was cool. Like we was outside in the summer. We was doing good. Life's going up. Then all of a sudden, just a week ago, (laughs) about a week ago, a week ago. Hey, no, (laughs) but yeah, literally like you was popping your shit last week. But as soon as the sun started coming out at 10 AM, you was like, "Mm, mm, I'm feeling away. Why? Exactly. But I think it's important that people recognize this because like you were just saying, a lot of times when people can't identify a reason for that shift in mood, we're mm-hmm. taught to minimize it. I don't know what's wrong mm-hmm. with me, but I, I, I need to figure it out. I got stuff to do. Bills got to be paid. Work got to be done. Instead of sitting and recognizing that and giving it the space that it needs to have for healing to occur. And just for context, we're going to continuously refer to these as winter blues or sad, but the term has changed in the actual mental health world. So just going to drop that for you. For those, I don't want nobody trying to be in the DMs, like actually, because we know, but we're just using <laughs> colloquial language. But just for context, um, it was formally diagnosed as seasonal affective disorder or sad, but the APA, the American Psychiatric Association has officially changed the title to major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns. And that encompasses mm-hmm. both winter blues and summer sad, like you were just saying, Dr. Pam, because some people experience one, some people experience both. And some folks are living with major depressive disorder and also experience one of exactly. these which is a call for a lot of inventory and figuring out what needs to happen. Because if your perpetual presentation has depressive symptoms in it, and then the seasonal pattern comes, that's a cause of concern. So you want to make sure that if you already are like, yeah, I was feeling down. I was feeling like I didn't want to talk to nobody, do anything. I don't have a lot of um, interest in previously pleasurable activities. And then when the seasons change, it gets worse. That's also a reason we wanted to do this episode to have people recognize like, yo, you really need to be thinking about this and figuring out what you can do and what solutions are present for you. Um, I lived in a real cold climate once upon a time and I definitely experienced the winter blues. First of mm. all, I was like, mm, ain't no beach out here. It's cold. It's snowing. Shovel snow. Like, that's just not snowing. my lifestyle. It's me. Oh, girl. So I was mm. already just, I had an attitude. So that was my first thing. <laughs> I hate right. it. But then I started to realize, like, no, I don't want to go outside. And it made sense because it's cold, mm-hmm. because it's snowing, and because it's salt on the ground from the ice. But then I started to realize, like, every time the season changed, 
I start to change. And mm. I'm like, and so I never was diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, but I definitely had to be more aware of it. And then not being from the Midwest and having people, they were like, oh, this is normal. This is my life. I didn't really know how to navigate it. So I had to do my own research. I had to talk to my medical professionals. I was like, what's wrong with me? And I was like, girl, you down bad because it's cold outside. You're not used to this. Your coat ain't coating enough. So I had to start mm. putting different things in place. Um and then now when I encounter patients with it and clients with it, I'm like, oh, I know what you're going through. Okay, let's let's get all the things. Okay. So I do a lot of research for my own treatment, but it's also informed my clinical practice. So I guess I'm grateful for that little cold weather or whatever that was. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I realize this is a safe space, friends. Um, don't come for me in the comments, but why is there salt in the ground if there's snow? Like, because I never, that's never been my experience. <laughs> what is going on with that? It's why like we throw salt? girl. Oh, see, see, see. And they salt. That's all I gotta say. They salt the ground over here because somebody at work. Oh, they didn't salt the ground, girl, and she fell. Oh, she was off work for like six to eight weeks, and her injuries was not the substantial. And I, I loved that for her, but hated it for myself that I didn't fall <laughs> with her. Um, so they salt the ground up over here. You just wasn't paying attention. Oh, see, I don't be outside. <laughs> I guess not, you know. So, Doctor, so now, Doctor Pam, you learned you something today, and I, I sure did. I don't know the science behind this. So maybe somebody can explain that part, but that's <laughs> okay. But it's crazy because we notice the shift, and it's so simple sometimes that it can be rationalized, right? So, like you were saying, like I know I don't want to go outside, salt on the ground. Is this going on? You got to shovel your driveway and stuff. I be seeing the movies. I know what they do over there. But you sitting here like, oh, it's normal that I don't want to go outside because I don't want to do these things, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you realize that you're not in your Monica bag and, it, bag and it's more than just one of those days, it's one of those weeks, months, <laughs> and you really trying to shy away from doing all these things and you notice there's a significant decline in your activity. There's a significant change in your behaviors, right? That's when we got to start asking more questions. That's when we have to start um, looking a little deeper, mm -hmm. right? Because it's very easy to minimize and normalize those behaviors because you're like, oh, it is cold outside. Oh, it is gloomy. Eh, I don't want to do this. And it's it's okay. That's normal. It's cuffing season. I'm supposed to be in the house a little bit. Like that's, right. what we, that's what we think, but it's like, okay, yes, that's true, possibly. But look a little deeper and recognize are you more irritable and lashing out at folks? Mm. Are you more short tempered? Mm -hmm. Like you mm -hmm. said, have you noticed differences in the intake of the food that you eat and your, um, your weight gain or things of that nature? Mm -hmm. Because those things can perpetuate this. Cause you're like, I don't know why I'm just snacking in the middle of the night. I don't know why I put on these pounds when I've worked so hard to maintain a healthy body weight. And so if you don't get in front of your sad symptoms, you can mm -hmm. do damage and things that you have to unlearn and figure out and fix when spring hits. So the whole purpose of this is to be like, okay, let me look in front of it now. Um, another part of it that I don't want to veer too far off to the left is also another part of um, this season in which the winter blues and sad operates is around holiday season. So mm -hmm. that's when a lot more grief and loss and um, you know bereavement symptoms present mm. themselves. 
there's a lot of internal conflict. All the families ain't harmonious and loving one another. So you're reminded that you got to sit in front of this person or you're estranged from family. So there's a lot of um, personal and interpersonal stuff that presents during this season that can perpetuate and trigger those symptoms. So you have to look at your own personal life and say like, mm -hmm. okay, wait a minute. Now that they they talking, I'm starting to add up like, wait, 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 last October, November, I was feeling away. The one before that, wait a minute. And so that's when you sit there and you start to do mm -hmm. some reflection. And then when we say do the work, then that requires you to go talk to somebody and say like, what's, what's going on? This is a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. I also think when you look at the symptoms, certain things people don't even take a good enough inventory of. So when we were talking about like, oh, when your limbs start to feel heavy, it's like, well, it's cold outside or I've gained some weight or mm -hmm. I work a job where I move my body a lot and I pick up heavy, I work in a warehouse or whatever, but it's like, well, were you noticing that in the summer? Were you noticing right. that in the spring? And that's why partnership with a professional team is great because they help you to recognize hey, these things aren't normal or these things aren't even your normal. You're like, dang, I didn't even pay attention to that. True. And then I think that that key component that you said is like working with the professionals, right? So you know how like we joke when you're in your 30s and your 40s, whatever, going up past them 20s and them knees is not the same knees you was pop locking and dropping it with. And, and you sitting here like, oh, oh, child, we like to think. But then you get up with the life alert. <laughs> Falling, can't get up. Ugh. I'm dead. But <laughs> press the button, fam. Press the button. Um, <laughs> it's like, yo, am I struggling with that more? Is this is this the arthritis trying to take me out? What is it? Right. So you go and see a doctor. You go and talk to your therapist. You go and figure out what is the motivating factor behind these things. And do these things magically disappear when it warmed up, or does it like consistently? be a thing right yeah because once the once the day parties and the boat parties is happening if you all of a sudden recovered then you need to create a plan of action for hey when fall and winter approaches i know these things about myself and while i can't control the weather um and i'm stuck in this place that is going to onset some of these depressive symptoms with the seasonal pattern you mm -hmm. can help to mitigate it and manage them in a more healthy and proactive manner um another part of it when i was talking about the um, sleep disturbances, which are primarily mm -hmm. oversleeping in the winter is because that circadian rhythm is thrown off. So mm -hmm. there are things that are out of our control, but they have great impacts. And there's a lot of research and data that exists on when your circadian rhythm is disrupted, the ways in which that impacts your mood, how that can mm -hmm. increase suicidal thoughts, how it can decrease your overall functioning and quality of life. So not only taking inventory for the winter time, but also folks who work like swing shifts or overnight shifts, mm -hmm. like you really need to be reflective of when your circadian rhythm is thrown off because there are very severe, very negative impacts, which is why like, yeah, you might just be off your mood, but you might be a little bit eh, and it may have been that way for the past years, but without recognition and treatment, it can go to a level that you don't want or need it to go. So it is important. It is something that folks need to be taking more serious and mm -hmm. getting in front of, like we were saying. Um, so the first thing, which is we spend a lot of time talking about, is getting in front of this and normalizing and validating your experience. Don't just For sure. brush it off. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, just be happy. No, sit and reflect and be like, okay, wait, hold on. Do your own research. Like I said, you can look at all these websites. You can go talk to your PCP, your therapist, or whomever. And once you start to realize that, major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns, seasonal affective disorder, winter blues, holiday blues, whatever name you want to call it, 
when you actually acknowledge it's a thing and it's a thing that could be happening to you, you can get the treatment you need, but you also can recognize it in someone else. Because mm-hmm. what we're saying may not resonate with you, but you're like, man, my cousin always is like that. I just thought she'd be tripping around. You know, once once we get past spooky season, she acting different. And it's like, wait, <laughs> she's going through something. So now mm-hmm. that you know that, you can partner with her. You can help her to advocate for herself or whatever the case may be. You know, yeah, my boss be tripping. We be cool until the holiday parties. And it's like, well, your, your boss might got some stuff going on. So not only can you shoot them this episode, but hold okay. on space for folks as they're trying to navigate their own emotions that we're often taught to minimize. For sure. And then like, once we've acknowledged it, once we've accepted it, now we have to do the proactive piece, right? What are the ways that we can navigate those things? What are the ways that we can help ourselves? Because if we're not sleeping, if we're feeling down bad, if we're not replenishing our um, battery power, we are useless. We're useless. Because at the end of the day, we know that our bodies reset in sleep they heal in sleep they do all the good things while we sleep and if you ain't getting sleep baby what's going on so how do we do the self-care this is where we're proactive with it right so there's certain things that have been proven to target specifically seasonal affective disorder or uh, major depressive disorder with seasonal patterns Um, and that would be something like life light therapy or phototherapy, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you want to consult with your doctor first to make sure this is safe for you. Um, But that's- Please, 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 because Dr. Okay. you listen, there are so many people that get online and see that that is a treatment and you can Mm -hmm. purchase these things. I ain't even gonna say the places because I, listen, talk to your doctor Mm -mm. first, but there are certain medical conditions where it's actually contraindicated. So people Mm -hmm. do this reading and they're like, oh, this is what this website says. So I'm gonna just buy this- Phototherapy box, and I'm gonna put it on my desk. And it's like, wait, well, you have a medical condition that it actually is advised against. So anything mm-hmm. that you do, anytime you read something, you hear something, you listen into a podcast, you don't watch through a little Instagram informational video, take it to your care team because you could be actually impacting your health further by just doing the stuff that works for the next person. But there's research and there is there are things that substantiate the benefits of light therapy and phototherapy. But again, check with your doctor, your team to make sure it's good for you. Um, but no, I love that recommendation, but I had to jump in because listen, I had no, for sure. And was like, yo, I'm doing this and I'm feeling X, Y, Z. And I was like, I, we finna go to the hospital and they right, pause. be doing it. I was like, who told you to do that? I'm like, you better make sure you ain't telling them I told you to do it. And they got <laughs> online. And so, yes, you always want to make sure that the things work for you and your body and all of the things. For sure. Because, and I think that's like with a little bit of everything, right? For example, like I'm, listen, I will sit here and watch all the TikToks all day about all the facial stuff and, and, and making products at home and DIY and whatever, whatever. But if you catch me mixing some turmeric and whatnot, trying to put it on my face, please slap me because I have no business. (laughs) This is not my area. Nah, nah. I'm going to be sitting here with just like looking like rubber still sitting by the face. I don't want to do that. Okay. Don't do that. Go on take and let me go and take my ass to Sephora <laughs> or Ulta and figure it out that way. Okay. Cause they're the professionals. So always consult with a professional before you make your problematic situation worse. Right. Um, and then another thing we can do as far as like self-care strategies is spending more time outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. Exercising, getting, getting those, uh, you know, 
uh, neurons and things jumping and pumping and getting your body together, right? So it's just kind of like creating activity within yourself. So you're not just sitting in one place, stagnant and down and gloomy. And then socializing with loved ones, not the people that are going to stress you. We've been talking to you all season about getting rid of the people that is bothering us and honing in with the people that love us. So Mm -hmm. those people that we have identified and we've done the work and we've uh, placed in significant roles, those are the people we need to tap in with to feel the love and warmth from them. And then also like simple things that we can do, vitamin D rich foods or supplements that helps us, you know, increase our, um, vitality, if you will, or just our energy and things. Um, morning, and it's mm-hmm. a simple one that people don't think about. Um, because I remember when I was going through my own process of winter blues and I was talking to my own medical team, but also when I was researching it, trying to navigate it with my clients, one of the things that's advised is, and you talked about it a little bit, spending time outdoors, but literally just going outside for a little bit, because even though it's mm-hmm. cloudy, even though the skies are gray, the UV rays and the vitamin D and all that sciencey stuff that ain't my bag, that stuff is still <laughs> penetrating through the air. It's still it's still connecting with you, even though it doesn't feel like that you out there shivering. Mm-hmm. It's not a sunny day on the beach, but you still are absorbing some of those things that we get from the sun and atmosphere just to mm-hmm. sustain us. And fresh and so, air, you know, right, all of that. But it's like, even mm-hmm. if it's just five minutes, you might not be able to tolerate more than that. And I don't blame you, but still getting outside and then being intentional about your vitamin D consumption from nature, like you said, mm-hmm. in our diet, and then possibly taking a supplement. It may be something you take year round or something you like, oh, summer's over. Let me go on and uh, talk to my doctor and get on this little vitamin D supplement until it's spring again. Mm-hmm. Go and get that blood work done and be like, listen, what's going on? What's my iron looking like? What's my vitamin D looking like? And then have, if you have to boost that, boost that, you know, and then another thing that's helpful is having morning and evening routines, right? So having routine that promotes good health as well as being proactive with our self-care, right? So because you know, in the winter umber months, it's a little harder for you to start your day and get up and get out of there. Then maybe having a morning routine where you're like incorporating things that are helpful for you, whether it be meditation, whether it be yoga, whether it be just mindfulness or music therapy, whatever you find that helps you get going, we start to implement it in a strategic way routinely, right? routinely not when we are just messed up down bad and trying to pull ourselves out of the ditch we do it before we even get there so we're promoting the 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 wealth in self-care and it's exactly what you just said and anybody that's ever been a client of mine knows and we say this because it's informed by research if Mm -hmm. you want to make changes in your life you need to start doing it before the storm hits so if mm-hmm. you know, and again, yeah, you might be hearing it now and it's like, dang, that's already winter blues in my world. Okay, wonderful. Like, I'm glad that you know that. Not wonderful that you're mm-hmm. experiencing it, but implement a self-care routine like Dr. Pam was saying and sustain it throughout the year. So do it even when it gets warm again. Do it mm-hmm. when you are back outside. Do it when your vitamin D levels are leveled back out. So if you struggle with anxiety, for example, we've mm-hmm. talked about one specific technique, the grounding technique time and time again. Practice the grounded technique when you're not experiencing anxiety. So mm-hmm. then when anxiety onsets, when you're experiencing panic, your mind knows to go to that grounding technique. Don't try to pull up the app. Don't try to open Instagram and look at the info- infographic we made in the midst of an anxiety attack. So 
it's important across the board to have that morning and evening routine where you are setting the tone for your day. You're setting the tone for your evening. You're putting yourself in a wake state, in a sleep state. You're incorporating mindfulness, meditation, affirmations, manifestations, healthy eating, balanced diet, right? So mm-hmm. how many of us don't take care of our bodies the way we need to because of time and all of the other, all the other constraints? But if you're already struggling um, with vitamin D levels and sleep issues, and then you're not eating and fueling your body properly, then you're not going outside. You're not exercising because it's cold. You're set, you're putting yourself at a deficit model for mm-hmm. your wellness. And then the season is impacting you harder, which is why a lot of people hate the season, the, the winter season, because it's cold, it's lonely. If you add odds with your people, but and those things can all be facts. But when you add in the mental health that you're not giving enough space and treatment to, it can mm-hmm. make winter season unbearable for you. It really can. And it's like, why struggle through that when you have tools to make it better? Why struggle through that? Because you know what works for you. You know the things that make you feel good. Why are we not doing it? And sometimes it takes them sitting and listening to this podcast or getting that gentle or maybe not so gentle nudge to talk (laughs) to their care team to do it. But like, again, your treatment is going to be specific for you and what you're experiencing your diagnosis is going to be specific to you and your symptomology that you present with but generally speaking um what are some of the mental health interventions that exist for major depressive disorder with seasonal pattern or seasonal affective disorder or winter slash holiday blues Mm. so first and foremost the mental health interventions is of course that we hammer home time and time again talk to a qualified mental health professional not us because we are homegirls because we are homegirls somebody for real that is sitting here devising an individual plan for you and even if you already have that professional but you was outside you was feeling good you was down to one a month once a month and you was getting it you got to look at your professional and be like okay you know the these umber months be hard on your girl so let's go to twice a month as opposed to once a month right so if we gotta if we gotta increase the the cognitive behavioral therapy that we're doing the individualized therapy that we're doing if we stop doing the groups because we were feeling good maybe we gotta add that back in simply because we know this time of the year it's a little hard for your girl it's a little hard for your bro so we're going to be proactive. That's the that's the significant part of the proactiveness. If we know and we have gained the insight that these things affect us in this way, we're going to make sure our battery charged. We're going to make sure that we are functioning from a surplus as opposed to a deficit, right? Mm-hmm. So because you know you're going to be outside all day, you're going to make sure that char- that battery charged on that phone and it's at 100%. Mm-hmm. So if you got to use it, you got to do what you got to do. You're still good. You but if you're only charge, at 50, everything ready. Okay. But if but you're at 50, charged. if you're at 50, your battery, your backup battery ain't charged and you outside, what what's going to happen here? You already setting yourself up for failure, mm-hmm. right? So set yourself up for success and do the things that are necessary to put us at a surplus, feeling good, feeling great, and functioning in our productive spirit as opposed to letting it get completely down, 
and decrease before we start trying to add in the self-care. So we increase the self-care, we increase the cognitive behavioral therapy, our individual therapy, talking with our professionals. And sometimes in some cases, if you need to get on medication treatment with antidepressants, um, then you look into that. So whether that's talking to your PCP or talking to your psychiatrist or being referred to a psychiatrist, to have those conversations and you can have that as summer is winding down and you're like, okay, I've noticed that I have this pattern. Start talking to your professional. So you guys can come together with the individualized plan for you and whatever that looks like, whatever routines that you're going to incorporate, whatever medication if needed and whatever therapy schedule that you need, you come together to put a plan together so that you have all your support in place so that when it hits you, cause you know, it's going to hit you, you know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully if you take nothing else away from this episode today is that acknowledging and affirming that sad and winter blues is more common than we give space to. And knowing mm-hmm. that there is actual treatment that exists so that you don't have to have an unbearable fall and winter season every year that it approaches. Mm-hmm. And We always say do the work, right? But it's really important to recognize not only what that means, but the why. And so the why behind doing the work is you really sitting there and recognizing like, okay, I see the crash coming and I'm not doing anything to prevent it. And then I haven't prevented the crash and now I'm not doing anything to aid in my treatment. So Mm. what message are you sending to yourself with this or anything else where you know doom is impending and you're not doing anything to get in front of it or maybe you weren't quick enough and that's okay that's life we stumble we fall we get back up but Mm -hmm. now you're in the midst of the turmoil and you're not doing anything to get yourself out of so my message to you the thing that I want to leave to all of us regardless of what you're presenting with whatever you may be going through today is about sad winter blues holiday blues but this can go for any mental health disorder or even a physical disorder I really want to challenge us to Love ourselves enough to get in front of the things that bring us down, that bring us defeat. Mm. And I want us to be self-aware enough to know that it's okay to ask for help and then to Mm -hmm. actually utilize the help and the resources. Yes, ma'am. And then I'll take it even a step further. And it's accommodating and understanding the perception that we do have control over some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. We have control, so let's exercise it, right? So once we have the knowledge and we know this is what I'm struggling with, this is what's going on, how are the ways, what are the ways we are taking back that control? We can't just be like, oh, it's dark outside, it's winter, and you know, this is just a horrible time for me, I'm just gonna sit in it. No, we're gonna go, we're gonna tap into our resources, we're gonna tap into um, our support systems. We're going to tap into our professionals and we're going to use the help, but we're also going to do the things that we can do individually. And that's our routines. That's our going to get the help, seeking the help, um, implementing what we've learned and using the tools that we have worked all year to acquire or past how many years to acquire we have control over that. We don't have to struggle and feel bad just because it's December and November or whatever. We don't have to. You still preaching, Dr. Pam, and I love that. I love that you're still in your preaching spirit from, uh, <laughs> from last week. 
But no, like, Lord. <laughs> but no, honestly, like, you know, we we joke, we have the title Tis the Season. It is Tis the Season for the gloom, the doom, the sadness, the isolation, the poor sleep. But it's also the season to center yourself enough that you don't have to suffer like mm-hmm. you used to or like mm-hmm. you typically do. So Tis yeah. the Season to get your ass up and take care of yourself. For sure. Because you then have to come in contact oftentimes with people that are not taking care of themselves. And if you're at a deficit and you show up at the family dinner and Auntie Anne is acting like Auntie Anne, oh, we're going to pop off or it's going to be an issue or it's going to be a problem. As opposed to you waking up, doing your daily motivation, doing your uh, mindfulness, doing your yoga, whatever it is, and getting to the getting to the family dinner and everybody's on 10 and you just like, oh, these yams is bomb. What's up? What y'all doing? Hey, everybody. Like, y'all, y'all wilding and you airdrop the podcast. Like, y'all needed to listen to this. <laughs> exactly. Y'all okay. Unaffected. Okay. Unaffected. Why? Because you did the work and you prioritized yourself. So take care of yourselves and not only in this fall, winter season, but all year long. Mm-hmm. Set the tone that you need and recognize that as the seasons change, so does your mental health and so do your needs. So modify what you need as it pertains to you, as it's relevant, what it needs to switch. So what works in a summer may not work in a winter. Um, what works for you independently may not work for you collectively, but do that inventory. And then again, as we always say, do the work because you deserve it. So tis the season for your wellness. Amen, somebody. Come on, Dr. Janae. Tis the season. <laughs> and so that is going to bring us to our listener letter for the day. Um, this week we have one from Leslie. Hey, Leslie. She said, hey, podcast fam. I'm a first generation American and often feel pressure to live up to my family's expectations. How do I prioritize my mental well-being while honoring my parents' sacrifices and dreams for me? That's deep. That's deep. I feel like Dr. Janae set me up with this one, threw this one at me. Leslie set you up. You need to check that up with Leslie, girl. Leslie, as you hear me saying, first and foremost, friend, I feel you, I see you, I understand. Okay? As a first generation African American born child, my family from West Africa and all that, there is a lot of expectation and um, mm, pressure if you will, for doing certain things. We hear, we see the memes, we hear the jokes, you know, like (laughs) the running joke for uh, first generation African kids is like, oh, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be a doctor, you can be an accountant, you can be a lawyer, but like you can be whatever you want to be out of these four, (laughs) right? So it's like the pressure of your family looking at you if you're a certain age or whatever it may be. Like, I'm not specifically sure what's going on with you, Leslie, specifically, but I understand those cultural expectations when you are of a family that immigrated to this country, right? And you're the first generation here, or you are immigrating here when you're young. It's like you're carrying the pressure of your family, their goals, their wishes, their expectations, everything that they moved to this wonderful country to access, it is now your sole goal in life to do that. When sometimes your wants, needs, and well-being do not align with what they want you to do, what they expect you to do, and what they need you to do. So for me, my key, 
I guess, to kind of like managing that is figuring out what's your balance, figuring out how to be true to yourself, but then also acknowledging what your parents sacrificed to get you here or whatever, but there shouldn't be any shame or guilt attached to that. Right. And a lot of times I feel like we're able to kind of like further process that when we talk to our mental health clinicians and, and work that through therapy to see what is, what is the driving force? Am I doing this because it's expected? Is that why it's so hard for me to complete these goals? Because this is what's expected to me and it's not necessarily what I want to do. Right. And identifying what, who you are outside of just being that first generation American born child, who you are just, outside of what your family wants you to be and finding what is genuinely Leslie's dreams, wants, hopes, aspirations. That's number one. Reintroduce yourself. All right. I'm not so-and-so's daughter or so-and-so's cousin or whatever. I am Leslie. Reintroduce yourself, figure out what Leslie likes, what Leslie wants, what Leslie needs. And then in that, find how you can honor your parents and your family struggle for getting here here and access to all the things that we have when we do get here. So find that balance, be true to yourself. It might ruffle some feathers, but also understanding that if we are true to ourselves and we're doing something that brings us joy, our family will come around. They'll come around eventually. They'll understand and they'll see the joy and the genuineness in you for living out your dreams and making them proud. And that at the end of the day should be the takeaway, the joy, the, the um, abundance of life or whatever that looks like for you. You're doing your preaching bag, girl. I'm going to throw my little coins at you. I love that. <laughs> I like that. I hope that helps you out, Leslie. Um, before we get up out of here, I'm going to hit y'all with a therapist recommendation. And again, it is definitely in alignment with today's topic. And it is, of course, for you to do the work. So what I want y'all to do is reflect on your favorite holiday and your favorite holiday activity. Um, if you don't have a favorite holiday or a favorite holiday activity, I want you to envision what that would look like for you. And so here's where you're going to do the work. This is what comes next. Mm -hmm. I want you to make that a reality this year. I want you to make your favorite holiday the best holiday you've had this year. Even if one of the holidays is upcoming ain't your favorite, I want you to make it memorable. I want you to make it abundant everything that you want it to be. I want, you know, however you spend those days, I want it to be a memorable one. Mm. Um, if you don't have a favorite holiday activity that you want to do these upcoming holidays, find one, get on Google, get on TikTok, get on whatever, find something that you want to do that you feel would bring you and your family, your community, your village joy. And that's what I want you to do. And if you want bonus points this week, after you've identified your favorite holiday and your favorite holiday activity or created those, Share them with us because we want to know. We want to hear what y'all got planned, what historically what y'all do, or what you're thinking of doing this year for the holidays to come because we might need a little bit of ideas. So help us out. For sure. I love that because how do traditions start? Either they're organic and they've been here for forever or you starting your own. You know what I mean? You got to blaze your own trail and start your own traditions for you and your core tribe. You know, I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. And on Happy that year. note, that's our episode for the week. Thanks for tuning in and taking time to connect with us. But now it's time to do the work and you got this. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Check out our free mental health resource guide linked in the notes. Please leave us a review and some comments about if you did your homework and get them extra points so we can see what you guys are going, getting into this 
season to see what's going on and see what we can do too. Um, but also it lets other people find our podcast and lets us know what you're thinking and what you're doing. We'll do a weekly call for listener letters on Instagram. So write us for a chance to get some of our insight from us, your homegirls who happen to be therapists. So see you next week. Bye.